we got off of training and then I got I went back home and then I drove and I literally had four hundred dollars in my bank account and spent three seventy five on a guitar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just kind of taught myself how to play covers and um, I think Simple Man was the first song I ever learned. Really didn't plan on doing anything with it. I just was I've always been interested in music and always wanted to learn guitar. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. The fun keeps rolling on here on the Bar Conversations. We have a great conversation as we talk with a newcomer, country artist, songwriter. I guess you could even call him a country rocker, Austin Snell. He has a great new single out called Excuse the Mess. And then for our tasting notes, we welcome back Allison Settle because it's that time of year, holiday season, get-togethers, Friendsgiving, all those things. She tells you exactly how you can pair some things, bring some 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 good food it's a great chat and remember follow us on social media at hop spirits all one word on instagram facebook tiktok twitter and even at youtube yes you can find us on youtube there as well never miss a neat mixed review or one of our episodes like i said let's get into the show and up next is our tasting notes with allison settle enjoy did you know hops and spirits is more than just this podcast check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release past episodes interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Welcome back here on Tasting Notes. We have once again with us, she's a 2022 James Beard Best Chef semifinalist. You can find her at pop-up events around Greater Louisville. Allison Settle, welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Well, it was so much fun talking tailgate foods and being able to maybe elevate, show off some skills for, for folks that, that instead of just bringing their favorite bottle of beer or liquor, they can actually showcase a little bit of their, their cooking skills too. And I feel like we're going to do this now because as the calendar changes, I think you know when people are in November and December, it's holiday time. It's get-togethers. It's maybe a Friendsgiving or a, you know pre-Christmas party gathering, things, things of those natures. So with, with that, what might be something that's easy to incorporate some fun into those foods for those types of events? Sure. Um, So this isn't something that you would typically think of for Thanksgiving or the holidays, but um, I've done this several years in a row, Um, obviously not recently because of the pandemic, but um, a real, it's it's a talk. It's tacos. (laughs) It's 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 a really fancy taco dish. So I think... If you take your mind out of, you know, what's basic in tacos and just think about the tortilla as a, as a vessel for flavors and textures, um, you, can, you can really do a lot of things with that. And one of my favorite, favorite uh, Friendsgiving recipes is my autumn tacos. Um, and there are really many different things that you can add, and I'll just give you some examples. Uh, so we have, you know... Uh, winter squashes are in season, so you could roast some butternut squash or pumpkin. Um, you know, do the fall flavors, like do it up. Put some sage and garlic on there, maybe some rosemary when you roast. Um, the last of the tomatoes are coming soon, if they haven't already. You know, you've got these green tomatoes. You've got to glean what's left of your garden before that first frost. So grab those green tomatoes. Just because they're green doesn't mean they're not good. Turn that into a chow chow. And so then you have this southern kind of salsa made out of green tomatoes. Um, You could braise greens, like southern braised greens. Um, A family favorite of ours is soup beans and cornbread. Um, So 
think about like the dish of soup beans and cornbread and turn that into your own version of like a refried bean. So you could have Great Northern um, pinto beans and kind of mash them with, you know, bacon or ham hocks or anything like that. And it's sort of a, you know, a Southern refried, <laughs> refried bean. Um, and then you have pumpkin seeds are very seasonal just because of the fact that the pumpkins are also in season. Um, they make a great mole sauce. Um, mole is traditionally, um, mole and also, um, pepion, which is a Guatemalan dish. Those are thickened with nuts or seeds. You could totally make a mole out of that, um, pepita seed. And then, uh, last of your peppers. I'm sure you have some peppers that are maybe even like shriveling on the vine. Grab them, use them, make a hot sauce, uh, go to the farmer's market, see if you can't find some pawpaws or persimmons, which are, you know, some really wonderful native fruits to Kentucky that you really, you know, it's a flavor unlike most that you can find. Um, so just make up a, a hot sauce with persimmons and or pawpaws and your last of your peppers and really assemble all these flavors that you really enjoy. You could even make a taco bar out of it. Just make all kinds of different little inventive seasonal sides and let people assemble their own adventure. I like it. I like it. And don't worry, you're not the first tasting notes ex- uh, expert to have a, a, a furry friend <laughs> show, show up in, in the in the frame. I'm surrounded by a dog and two cats, <laughs> and they're very interested in what's going on. <laughs> I, I love it, and, and that's you know that's just kind of how things are on the show. We just kind of roll with it, and you know, beyond just these these gatherings, I, I feel like this time of year is when a lot of barrel aged beers get released. You think a goose eye, um, go, you know. Bourbon County from Goose Island, yeah. you know, even our local folks at, at Braxton against the grain, all, all of them are releasing those. What are some good foods that go with those barrel aged beers that, that might, you know, people might not think about or, or maybe they do, but just didn't realize that was a perfect pairing? Sure. Well, I like to think about the food that goes with the beer in the way that you drink the beer. So something like a Bourbon County, Goose Island, Bourbon County, really high ABV, really strong. It's a sipper. You're not going to sit there and drink Bourbon County all day long. Um, it's an experience. And, you know, it's a special one. You've, you've spent a little bit of money. You're being indulgent. And you know what? The past few years have been really hard <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I think that there's this collective trauma that we haven't even really wrapped our heads around. Enjoy that dark beer. Please spend time with your friends and family and go for the gold. You're with, you're with the ones you love. It's been a rough few years. The future looks bleak from time to time. Eat your favorite foods with deep, rich sauces. Like, a, like again, like a mole. Pull out the smoker on one of those last days before winter, you know, when it starts out chilly and you need a coat and you see your breath in the air, but it warms up to t-shirt weather. Pull that out. Sip on your beer very slowly. Be careful. <laughs> and smoke a duck or get a get a side of salmon. Um, you know, make a really nice cure with uh, like a dry cure with brown sugar or sorghum. Um, anything that you might taste in that beer is a good ingredient to use in that food. Um, or gosh, go to like your, lo- your favorite butcher and get like a standing rib roast and smoke it. And just have the best steaks of your life. Um, for dessert, like eat custards, rich chocolate desserts. Um, ooh, and like uh, like dark, like fruit berry pies. Um, maybe like a Chinese five spice cherry pie with like a rich vanilla ice cream. Um, or one of my personal favorites, uh, like a salted caramel apple pie. 
just decadent. Like, really go for it. Um, I think with those dark barrel-aged beers, people are like, oh, well, you know, that's really heavy, and I should go lighter on the food. And you totally can if that's your style. But I think this year, it's like our first real holiday season since forever. Enjoy the beer. Take a long time. Enjoy the process of cooking your meal and enjoy it with your friends and family. Like, go for it. Be indulgent. Be decadent. And enjoy yourself. <laughs> I love that. That is great advice for life and in general, too. Just beyond those dark dark barrel, barrel beers, uh, Allison, I'm always hungry when we, we finish up talking, and I <laughs> always appreciate the knowledge as, as well. Great. Well, I'm happy to help. Thanks for having me. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations for our conversations, he's a country artist. He's got a new single out called Excuse the Mess. Please welcome in Austin Snell. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, uh, you know, because you said this beforehand, I figured we can just go ahead and, and go with this story for my first question before I ask you my, my normal first one. Yeah. So is Austin Snell your actual name or is it your stage name? Austin Snell is my stage name. And I can I can tell you the story behind that one if you want to hear it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so when I was born, my parents went, so my first name is Scott. And I've gotten that mixed up my whole life. People call me Scott and I have to tell them my name is actually Austin. I Austin. And the story behind that is when I was born, my parents wanted to call me Austin Scott Snell, but my initials were, they would have been ass. So they <laughs> they had to go back and literally make a whole new birth certificate because they had already printed one and named me Scott Austin Snell instead of Austin Scott Snell. So <laughs> I like it. You know, you just never know what you're going to find out about someone when you're having, having a good drink. And what what drink you, do you have tonight? I do Bush Lights. Anything good? I do Bush Lights, my beer choice. Usually. Now, do you do anything uh, stronger than that ever? Uh, on the beer side, not usually. I'm not a big IPA drinker. Um, or what about the 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 whiskey or or uh, you know the 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 harder liquor, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean it depends on the setting. Um, if I'm uh, if I'm out, I'll usually get a Jack and Coke um, or a vodka Red Bull, depending on where I see the night going. <clears throat> there you go. So. Now, now, do you ever do a little whiskey before the show to you know warm up the vocals? A little bit, yeah. Warm, warm whiskey, not cold. I like it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I got I got a little wheel, wheel horse bourbon tonight, little, little batch one, to to kind of get me going. Now, I, I was going through your social media, and I think I saw. I don't know if it's still your your top you know viewed video, but um, how often are you singing to to dogs, <laughs> and, and is that your most most viewed video <laughs> still? Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think it still is, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I well, I don't sing to my dog because he's deaf. Um, but that video I did. He knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't sing to him a whole lot, but he gets it. You know. I was gonna say that's a good companion right there. He's great. He's he's super old. He just turned fourteen this year, actually. I think, and uh, he's going blind. He's deaf. And, uh, he doesn't get around a whole lot anymore. He kind of just does his little thing and runs into the side of the door. <clears throat> but You're gonna have to get him, like actually, one of those little bumpers. 
Yeah, we need to get him a little something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, he's in Georgia. He's with my parents. Um, he's my childhood dog, so he stayed with them. And, um, he's, he's a little high-maintenance now for me to have up here with me. So I was going to say, you got your day job. That probably keeps you pretty busy, or your night job, depending on how, how you look at it now. Did you grow up in a musical family, where, or how did how did music get in, into your life? Uh, I don't think anybody else in my family plays music. I know my 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 great uncle used to do karaoke a lot. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I think I'm the first. So now, was there music going on on in the house, or or how did yeah. you like? I mean, they all we all listen to music all the time, and my dad had you know, the four CDs he had in his truck that we listened to every time we got in there. And, um, my mom always had CMD, uh, CMT countdown going on in the living room. She was cleaning the house. So I'd sit on the living room floor and watch that. And I remember seeing the, the, uh, Johnny Cash video, Jason Aldean, um, when I was little and that was the coolest thing to me. So yeah, that was always music playing and they were, they were huge, um, rock fans. Um, my dad was, big into the Nickelback and Creed and Three Doors Down. My mom was into the journey and that whole thing. So a lot of rock and then uh, just a little bit of a little bit of country intertwined in there. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is it true that, you know, you, when you enlisted in the Air Force that you spent the last bit of money on a guitar so you could have a little fun? That is absolutely true. Um, of all people, I was, I was watching Ed Sheeran videos on YouTube really late one night and <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen him do the loop pedal where he like makes, mm. he does full concert loop pedal. And Didn't he do that everything. on the Grammys or one of them where he was his own band the one night and that was awesome? That's his live show. Like that's his live show always. And um, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So literally the next day we had school. I was in training for the military and um, we got off of training and then I got, I went back home and then I drove and I have literally had four hundred dollars in my bank account and spent three seventy five on a guitar. Yeah, just kind of taught myself how to play covers, and um, I think "Simple Man" was the first song I ever learned. And uh, really, d- didn't plan on doing anything with it. I just was—I've always been interested in music, and um, always wanted to learn guitar. I think my my parents my parents put me in lessons when I was five, but. He tried to make me learn like the boring stuff, like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and I think I went to one lesson and I quit and never touched it again. Um, yeah, always been you know interesting guitar and kind of just taught myself covers and got bored with that and eventually started writing songs and still doing that today. So it's been well, it's and, been a while, and we'll get yeah. I was gonna say it's a wild journey. We'll we'll get into that because it's what you're you're putting out. Uh, your latest single is is pretty awesome, but even before that, you mentioned a little bit like you know your your parents, you know, were into the rock, and you would have CMT on a little bit. But what did you like? What were your influences? I mean, I think I read like Alan Jackson and Three Doors Down. I feel like that's a, a an eclectic mix there. <laughs> yeah, well, so I mean, most of the music that I listened to from a really young age was what my parents listened to, um, which was the Three Doors Down. I'm like, I tell this story, but um, my dad had four CDs in the truck. And then we listened to one of those four CDs every time we got in this truck. And we were actually, so I used to race go-karts growing up. And so we were in his truck a lot because we traveled to the races. And we literally had these four CDs in his truck. And it was either Nickelback, Three Doors Down, Creed, or Alan Jackson. And I think eventually we threw a Journey CD in. And so for the longest time, that's the music that I knew and grew up on. 
And then um, the further down, you know, and the, fur- the, the older I got, um, the more technology came into play and we had iPods. And um, at that point, you know, I was listening to literally everything under the sun. Um, Lil Wayne was my favorite rapper growing up. Uh, I mean, I listened to all of the R&B stuff, um, literally everything. Um, but as far as inspiration for music, I think the rock influences and the, the little bit of country we had in there kind of influenced me the most for sure. Well, it comes, it definitely comes through, through, uh, uh, in, in what you've been putting out and, you know, when did you realize that, like you said, you know, you, you started playing covers and doing things like that, but when did you realize like, Hey, I kind of want to do this. want to see where this goes. When, when did that conversation start to happen? Yeah. Um, I think it really started to happen when I started posting my stuff um, that I was writing. Um, I mean, because I was really just writing for myself. I didn't even plan on showing anybody my stuff. I was just writing because I always enjoyed music and um, enjoyed, you know, being creative and didn't really plan on showing anybody. And, and, you know, TikTok came along a little later, um, but I was posting my stuff on Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, when I, first kind of was early on in writing and people loved it. Um, all, you know, all my, obviously my mom and my dad love it, but (laughs) you know, other people, people that didn't really know me were sharing it. And, uh, I was like, I mean, people love it and I'm going to keep doing it. And it kind of just, I don't really, really remember a time where I decided that this is what I wanted to do. I think it kind of just gradually grew into something that I was doing more than a hobby. And, you know, my, my four years were coming up in the in the Air Force, and it was time to figure out what the hell I was going to do. And, uh, you know, I could have went the smart route and went to school for free, which, you know, I still got that in my back pocket if I need it. But um, it was either go to school, go back home and work construction, or go to Nashville and try to write songs. And I picked the, picked the latter. And uh, I still did work construction for, for a year when I moved home, uh, but... It was it was short lived, thank God. But um, yeah, I don't really remember a time. I just kind of you know knew I wanted to do it at one point and decided to do it. So, and, and what was it like moving to to Nashville? Like, I mean, because like you said, you picked that the third option, and and now it's, it seems to be working out. But what was it like actually making that move and and, and getting there? Yeah, I mean, it was a process to say the very least. Um, I had planned on it, you know, since my, my last year in the military to, you know, to now, um, well not now, but I've only been in Nashville since May of this year. Um, so until then I'd kind of tried to plan it and I was, I guess I was kind of waiting for the right time and talked to several people and I, I had made a couple of connections already in town that had told me, you know, there's really you know, if you're waiting for a right time to move to Nashville, there's not going to be, you know, the perfect time to move to Nashville. Um, and that's what I was kind of waiting for for the longest time. And I finally decided to move and uh, signed a lease to my apartment in January. And a week after, I, literally to the day, a week after, um, I ended up finding out that I had to have surgery, a back surgery, and that was going to not let me to move, move to Nashville on time. And... Um, had that done, finally got recovered from that while I was not working and also paying rent. Um, 
Great combination. Uh, Great combination. <laughs> uh, but finally got recovered and ready to move. Luckily, I had a little money saved up that I was living, literally living on because I wasn't working. Um, got ready to move. Then my transmission, my truck broke down the day before I was, or a week before I was supposed to move and got it back a day before. And then finally moved. And literally, we got three hours out of Dublin, Georgia, which is where I'm from. And my transmission breaks again on the way to Nashville. And have to get that fixed and get up here. And I remember, like, at this point, it was like my mom drove with me in the truck. She was helping me move. My dad drove behind us in his truck with the U-Haul uh, trailer. And I remember, like, I'm not much on crying, but I was sobbing in that truck. And telling my mom, I was like, it seems like everything's telling me not to move to Nashville. And like, I was about to turn around and go back home and just cancel it all and just go to school. And thank God she talked me into, you know, to keep driving. And we finally got here and got settled in. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Is the transmission fixed? Is the transmission good? She's, she's holding together. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the, but that had to be, I mean, you're, you're not wrong there. That's like multiple signs that you're like, uh-oh, you know, this isn't supposed to happen. Maybe the power three happened. It's all clear. And now things are all good. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge signs guy. Um, you know, I feel like things happen for a reason. And at that point I was like, <laughs> if I'm a signs guy, this is telling me everything but to move to Nashville right now. Um, but I ignored the signs and got here. Thank God. And it's kind of worked out. That sounds like a song right there. I feel like that could be a song one day for you. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Now, now you mentioned you grew up in a small town in Georgia. What impact did that have on you? Um, I mean, it was a super small town. I, I had to look up the number for an article um, a couple of years ago, and it was like 500 people. Um, it's just extremely small if you're not familiar with small towns. Uh, <laughs> But you had a couple stoplights, right? Yeah, we had it. We had we had one or two, um, mostly stop signs. Um, but I think, I mean, I think the biggest impact that had on me was, you know, living life more simply and slowly than a lot of people in bigger cities. Because I lived in, you know, San Francisco for a while too, and that's a completely different twist on a way of life. Just a and, little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people people live so much faster in big cities, and I think growing up in a small town gave you gave me at least a lot more of a pr appreciation for you know, life in general and just enjoying being outside and having to come up with your own fun instead of you know having it all there for you. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. <clears throat> well, I was gonna say that that small town, you know, having making your own fun. How much of uh that golf cart, did you guys ride around? And you got any stories there that you're allowed to actually share? <laughs> Y'all did some digging, didn't you? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, we, <laughs> I mean, that was my transportation for the longest time. Um, I mean, literally had everything we needed within, you know, a 30-minute a, a ride on the golf cart. Um, all, of our, all of our friends lived, you know, kind of around each other. Um, we had a Walmart down the road. We had a, we had a gas station. We could go get snacks. Um, we had, you know, hunting land. So like everything that I needed at that point in my life at, as a, you know, 13, 14 year old that couldn't drive yet legally, um, we, we took it on a golf cart. So, uh, 
I mean, we, we, yeah, it was fun. Say the least. Well, I, I was going to say, there's nothing more, more fun than actually just, you know, making some good memories and, and having some good times with friends. And, you know, as you share stuff out on social media, what, what's that like? Cause I mean, it's gotta be weird, weird and cool at the same time to share parts of your, your story out that way and, and then get feedback. Yeah. I mean, I think I try to keep myself as transparent as possible. Um, especially on, you know, my, my stories and, you know, my, my Snapchat and stuff. And I just recently got a TikTok or not a TikTok, a Twitter, um, and started kind of just posting just daily thoughts, you know? Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's cool. Cause I feel like, you know, I don't, I'm not a super outgoing guy. So like music for sure is like a way for me to, um, express myself and my emotions. Cause I don't express my emotions a whole lot. Um, so I, mean, I feel like posting on social media and posting stuff that I've, you know, put a lot of heart and thought into um, has helped me mentally for sure. Well, and then, you know, you mentioned it earlier too, like where you're sharing stuff and people started to like it and, and, and you know, share it themselves, you know, out to, to other folks. When did, like, what was the biggest thing for when you did TikTok and kind of got that ball rolling? Because I feel like there there was some, some good momentum once once TikTok came in and you were able to share some songs that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, TikTok is a grind. It still is. Um, uh, I don't know. It's the super here here and there kind of app. You never know what's going to work out. Uh, I mean, it, it goes back to the, the freaking the dog video, like, like I, I would put so many countless hours into these songs and like writing this 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 deep stuff to put out for these people to listen to and you know thinking it's gonna blow up and it doesn't and the video that blows up is a video of me singing to my dog literally just because I was like you know what you're sitting here staring at me. post a video of me singing to you and uh, that's what pops off on TikTok and I mean luckily it did you know uh, it gave me like my first little bit of following um, you know they were they were all you know, dog moms for the most part, but you know, they, they, they were listening to the music and I was, I was, I was there for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, TikTok is, has changed the way of music and the way people consume it. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's super cool because it's never been easier for somebody to, you know, be passionate about something and then translate that to other people. So I think it's great. Well, and now you got your, your first kind of official, official single, out called excuse the mess it's it, it's a great song and you had the title first is that is that how it came to be and then you went into the room and then mm-hmm. the, it all came out how how does that work yeah that's, that's how most of my songs are um i think most people that that write especially in nashville i think that's pretty much the way that most people write obviously there's um caveats to that but um yeah i had that's actually a super old title that i had in my phone from like three or four years ago. Uh, it was from when I first started writing songs. And it was actually, it came from a prayer. Um, I'm a pretty religious guy. Um, and I was actually having a prayer. And then at the end of that, I said, so excuse the mess. Amen. <clears throat> and I don't know why, I just wrote it down on my phone. I was like, it sounds like a song. So I wrote it down. And for the longest time, I forgot about it. Had no clue it was even in my notes because it kind of had just buried itself at the bottom of everything else. It was stacking on top. And we, uh, we, so me, Christian Yancey, and Presley Aaron wrote this song together. And I met Christian at his house before we went to Presley's house to write it. 
and uh, we were just hanging out at his house. And I was like, dude, Christian, I'm tired of writing the same stuff. Everybody else says, let's write something super different today. Like, if it sucks, nobody has to hear it. And he was down for it, and we listened to Nirvana the whole way to Presley's house. And we got into the room, and like he had that little guitar riff going uh, from the start of the song, the intro. And we were looking for titles, and like I was at the, obviously at the bottom of my list because I was like, I don't know what I've never written a rock song. I don't know how. It's, how <laughs> but, uh, and I came to excuse the mess, and I threw it out, and I was like, What about this? And I was like, Or they were like, Yeah, that's the one. And kind of just tried to pull as much stuff, you know, from my past and memories, and from their past and memories that we could think of, and just make it as real as possible. And I think that's why it resonates with so many people is just because it's so unapologetically authentic and in your face and real there's no like sugar coating around it like and you get that from the first two lines in the song um and i think that was the objective with that song is just to be as honest with ourselves and with everyone else as possible and i think that's why it's doing so well personally and it's got the rock sound and not a whole lot of people are doing that and i'm infatuated with it so <laughs> what goes back to your to what you're riding around in the car with a lot of rock and a little country yeah well I so when i moved, it was kind of you know, I didn't want to, I, I wanted to find my sound before I put anything out. And I actually had not planned on putting any music out um, in the first couple of years I was here. First year I was here, I was just going to focus on finding my sound and, you know, what I wanted to be as an artist. Obviously, I was writing, you know, all the, the, the radio stuff as well and trying to chase that. And I love writing that stuff. It's fun for me. But as far as my artist stuff, I wanted to do something that I felt was authentic for me. And something that I can get behind personally and not get tired of singing. And if I hadn't got rid or gotten tired of rock, you know, to this point, I don't think I will because <laughs> it's the first thing I remember hearing. I'm not tired of it yet. So um, it just makes the most sense that that ended up being the sound that, you know, resonated with me the most. And it's what I grew up on. So I was going to say, I mean, like when you're trying to find your sound, like obviously it's easy to get caught up in you know, what's popular on the radio or what, you know, a, a publishing house wants, but how, was it difficult for you to stick with that? I mean, or, or was it kind of simple to just be, you know, authentic Austin? Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It was, I tell my mom to this day, cause she always tells me to follow your gut and follow your heart. And I've always tried to do that in life and got me to where I'm at. And it was really just a gut feeling that I had. And like, I knew that I love the song. And I knew that if I love the song enough, there's somebody else out there that loves this song as much as I love this song. And uh, there was actually somebody else that was supposed to cut this song and put it out. And they had it on hold. Um, and he had it on hold for probably three weeks. And the more that he sat with that on hold and I had time to think about it, the more I was like, dude, this is my sound. This is what I envision myself being as an artist. And I had to make a phone call and say, hey, man, I apologize, but this is what we're putting out and I'm put it out and do it myself. And, um, luckily he was, you know, super understanding about it and, you know, I didn't make a big deal about it and actually was happy that I decided to do that and, um, take a chance on my artist career. Cause that's all it is really is a chance, you know, um, it's a, it's a risk and reward, higher the risk, you know, usually higher the reward and putting out a rock song when, when that's not what's getting played on country radio is definitely a risk for sure. Um, <laughs> But I'm super glad we did, and uh, like I said, you know, following my gut so far has gotten me to where I am, and I'm gonna try to try to keep doing that. So, 
<laughs> well, it was a it was a good call on 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 your part because it's a great song. And is is this what you would classify as like a little grunge country? Is that is that what I, I read? The grunge country. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hashtag we're throwing out there. Um, I think I think a lot of people, especially my age, um, grew up on that kind of stuff. At least with their parents listening to it, and especially being from the south and. A lot of our dads, I think, my age, listened to the whole Nickelback train and the the Creed and the you know all the Three Doors Down and all that. And I feel like country is at a point now where it's taking a lot of it's taking a lot of veins in different direction, and there's a lot of different roads going different ways right now in, in country. And I love that. I think I think it's great. I know pop country gets a gets a bad rap sometimes, but I mean. I'm a fan of, of good music, and if it's not good music, I won't listen to it. If it is, then I'll listen to it. I don't care if it's called pop or grunge or rock or you know jazz country or whatever it is. I'll, if it's good music, I'm gonna listen to it. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's got you know a lot of grunge sound and 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 stuff sonically in, in it. So it makes the most sense to just call it grunge country since you have a a pop and you got a rock and you got the you know everything else country. Why not a grunge? So it fits, it fits. And, and it's, and too, like you said, it, there's not a lot out there, but I feel like there's more and more, you know, I've, I've talked to Manny blue and, and, and others. And it's like the door is beginning to be open for, for them. I mean, Hardy's cutting like rockier songs, Hello. you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely coming through. Yeah. I'm here for it. All the rocks send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned, you know, like that's been pretty successful. What's it like actually having people post about the song, you know, and like, you know, duet and, you know, things like that on, on TikTok and you get to see their reactions. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been great. You know, I never, I never would have expected it. I mean, if you'd have told me, you know, five, six years ago that, you know, people would be calling themselves fans of your music and, you know, want to, want to stream your song five million times um i'd have told you to go kick rocks because like i i genuinely you know i i knew that i love music but i had no clue that you know it would take me this far and there's still a long way to go but uh i mean it's it's just it's always great to know because i mean especially when you write from a real place and a, a super vulnerable place which is what this song was for me i mean it's good it's good satisfaction in a way to know that other people like are going through the same things and um, I'm sure it's vice versa on their end. They're, they're, they're glad to see that somebody that, you know, is doing well in music is going through the same things or has gone through the same things. And I think it's just a super, it's just a being real kind of thing. You know, um, we all go through things in life and I think um, it's just been super cool to see, to see people, you know, relate to it the way I do. So, well, I was gonna say, what's it like sharing that, and then is that kind of your your writing process? I know you you kind of take the song title in, but like when you're actually getting into the, the the lyrics and so forth, is it completely off just the idea, or is it those experience and those that, that little bit of personal life coming through? Yeah. Um. So I write. So right now I'm writing with a lot of new people. Um. That I have when I first moved here because you know I'm kind of it's kind of open. This song has kind of opened some doors for me to get in some some bigger rooms with, with some, you know, reputable names and, and kind of, you know, experience the whole writing on a, on a high level. And, um, at that point, you know, I try to come as prepared as possible. Um, 
and, you know, try to come with something that maybe I had already started on. Maybe I have a chorus of a song written that um, I knew that I needed help finishing. So I just kind of kept that. Um, but I mean, a lot of times when me and my friends write, I mean, I still love writing with the whole group of guys that I met when I moved here and, and I'm the most comfortable with those guys. And, you know, I want to, I want to, I want all of us to do well as songwriters. So I, I, I'm going to keep writing with them. And in that space, you know, it's more of a, we show up and just see what happens kind of thing. You know, somebody plays something on guitar and it, it clicks or somebody has a title or says something. Literally the other day I wrote a song where I was just kind of strumming guitar and somebody said something and I was like, well, that's the title that we're writing today. And, uh, I don't know. It's just super, it's different every time. You never know. Um, but there's no set in stone way to write at all. But as I say, every, everyone brings a, something a little different to the table and, and, and you got to, I think you signed up with uh, river house artists, you know, home Luke Combs and things like that. What was it like signing, signing up with them, you know, for, for publishing? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, like I said, they've they've put me in a position to where, you know, I can I can experiment experiment with some more of the stuff that you know I wouldn't want to do as an artist. Um, I can write songs in a way that you know. I mean, whereas before I was writing to to find something that I would want to do, and now signing publishing with them, I can write whatever I want to write and say, you know, I wrote this song. I don't want it, but it sounds like this person. And so I can I can get that to them now more easily, and I can just be more creative and be, and be more free in in what you know I want to do on a songwriter aspect, and um, obviously you know not have to have a another full time job on top of songwriting has been a huge weight off my shoulders because no, no construction work <laughs> <laughs> working. I was gonna I was actually about to start a job at Amazon as a delivery driver before I, I signed my deal with. With, with river house so uh luckily that that didn't that didn't have to go through but um yeah it's just kind of opened a lot of doors for me to be more freely doing what i love full-time so well and, and, and like i said it's, it's turning out well and you mentioned you know you've been writing and you weren't expecting to, to to put out a song and now you have and it's been pretty good any new music any plans for that i'm guessing you, at some point you you obviously want to let this song breathe as much as it can, but, but what, what's kind of next for you? Right. Yeah. So we actually, <clears throat> we just announced today, um, that we have a cover coming out. Um, Cassidy Pope wasting all these tears is coming out on the 18th next month. Um, we just announced a pre-save for that. So you can go pre-save that. And then, uh, that's another one of those songs that kind of just, just blew up on TikTok, and I love the song. So, makes sense for us to put it out and uh as far as you know more of the stuff that i've written we have a we have a lot we have a lot in store but um we're kind of looking at next year to start doing some tours and and getting some show dates lined up so um just writing as much as possible and getting ready to release as much as possible so there's a lot there's a lot on the way for sure I like it. A lot, lot to look forward to. And you can find more at austinsnell.com. Find them on social media. Keep up with all that. And I guess my last question for you is, is what what are you hoping to kind of accomplish the rest of the year? And what can folks expect maybe as the year closes out and the new year starts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always trying to get better at what I do. Um, I don't think you're ever the best uh, at what you do. I think you can always get better. Um, so really just honing on my, on my, on my skills as a songwriter and as an artist, 
um, and then really just take this 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 winter winter time to write as much as possible and get ready for a huge hopefully a huge 2023 so that's the short-term goal <laughs> i think it's a good short-term goal and, and i think you're set up uh, pretty well and folks if you haven't check out excuse the mess it's a great song oh also what was it like doing the video for it i mean i, I get was that weird to having to do do a music video for it yeah it was it was uncomfortable 100 <laughs> percent. i acted before so it was it was double uncomfortable because the video was super weird um but luckily emma golden was the director on that and she made me feel slightly less uncomfortable um but it was a blast though. i had fun it was cool <laughs> i was gonna say it's always different when you're actually on camera doing something it's one thing to talk to like you know me and you talking it's a whole nother thing yeah. to have cameras in your face and you got to act out a scene well i mean if it was a you know if it was a, a normal video where i was you know standing in front playing guitar and and singing to the camera it'd be different but like she had me screaming in the camera there was a scene where i had to go under bath water and like it was it was it was unorthodox to say the least but i, I love how it turned out I was gonna say it, it it was awesome. It goes great with the song, and it's a powerful song. And and Austin, this was a, a blast, and, yeah. and I appreciate you you take having a drink with me. Of course, I appreciate you for having me. I'm gonna finish this in the next one. <laughs>